a roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business. Headlines on Global Business. Entertainment surge. Chinese Spring Festival movie box office hit 7 billion yuan or nearly $1 billion, marking the second highest on record. Trade momentum. Ecuadorian legislators approved the trade pact with China, aiming to elevate bilateral trade and bolster Ecuador's economy. And retail slump. U.S. January retail sales declined by eight-tenths of percent due to holiday season promotions and the impact of severe cold weather. Welcome to Global Business here on City Chien. I'm Zhu Jufeng. It's the seventh day of the Chinese New Year. China is seeing a steady increase in passenger trips as the eight-day holiday approaches its end. Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou and Shenzhen remain the hottest destinations. Railways saw more than 15 million passenger trips on Thursday, the highest daily volume since travel rush began on January 26. Railway authorities have arranged more than 1,000 extra trains to cope with the passenger flow. In Hainan, a popular resort province in southern China, airlines are also increasing capacity to meet passenger demand. A ferry service provider in Haikou City says traffic flow has increased by some 20% in year. And meanwhile, Shanghai is expected to see the return peak today and tomorrow. Our Wu Bing has more. An estimated 652,000 arrivals will be made in the seven railway stations in Shanghai. And uh, at the same time, the railway stations in Shanghai will also dispatch over 270,000 uh, passengers on Friday. And uh, to meet the demand of the travel rush, the railway stations will add 62 more trains on Friday and the 63 trains will be added from midnight to uh, 5 o'clock tomorrow morning. And the railway stations will be open for 24 hours throughout the day to let passengers stay and wait for their trains. Considering it's still quite cold in Shanghai around these days at night, it will be lovely and warm-hearted for passengers to stay indoor, especially with hot water provided. Now to the two airports in Shanghai, the Hongqiao uh, International Airport and uh, Pudong International, uh, International Airport are also expecting more arrivals at the end of this holiday. And to meet the demand of the late passengers, Shanghai Metro announced its Metro Line 2, 10 and 17 will be running for longer times from Friday to Saturday, especially for its Metro Line 2. It's one of the most famous, uh, most important uh, Metro Lines in Shanghai. High and the connecting Hongqiao Railway Station and the Pudong International Airport is running throughout the city. It says it will be running until 2.30 in the morning to ensure the last mile journeys of these passengers. We'll be at CGTN at Hongqiao Railway Station in Shanghai. China's holiday movie market is experiencing significant boom with the 2024 Spring Festival box office surpassing 7 billion yuan and a total box office for the year exceeding 10 billion yuan, according to box office tracker Tengda data. For more, let's cross to our reporter Dan Kai in Beijing. Hello Kai, it appears that the festival uh, holiday has witnessed a remarkable increasing box office revenue, surpassing initial expectations. What can you tell us? Happy Chinese dear, uh, near to you, Junfeng. This is one of the most profitable box office seasons in China. We see many of the movies featuring uh, some of the country's big-name actors and actresses, uh, comedians and influencers even, getting uh, you know moviegoers flocking 
to the theaters during the holiday season. Well, according to the current data, China's Spring Festival box office revenue, including pre-sales, has soared past 7 billion yuan, or about 980 million U.S. dollars, making it among top three in the Chinese Spring Festival box office history. Well, one reason uh, it's going so great, it's first of all, we got so many great movies during this holiday season. For example, the movie that is top the festive uh, you know, box office charts is called YOLO. It tells a heartfelt story of how an oversized lady regaining self-confidence through boxing, and it resonates widely with young audiences nowadays, hoping to become better versions of themselves in the new year. And then there's movies like Pegasus 2, which is currently the second highest grossing film, is uh, actually kind of like a portrayal of how a former uh, you know, racing car champion going through a midlife crisis and eventually getting back on top again, proving himself as the best racing driver. Of course, China's homegrown cartoon movies like Boony Bears are also making a big splash. So many of the highest grossing movies this time are amusing and inspirational at the same time. It's clear that these lighthearted stories resonate perfectly with the festive mood at drawing in crowds of moviegoers. And there are also some notable changes in the movie market this time, such as a drop in average ticket price and the rising passion of moviegoing in third and fourth tier cities, which now make up over 50% of the entire market. And the movie themes being more down to earth and more relatable to the lives of ordinary Chinese people. So in 2024, the Spring Festival holiday stretches over eight days, making this year's movie lineup the longest ever Spring Festival releases. So with more time for movie watching and there's more room for box office success. Many predict that this year's Spring Festival releases could be uh, setting a new record for China's box office earnings. So industrial experts also believe that the future challenge for the domestic film industry is how to sustain that momentum and encourage audiences to keep coming back to theaters, not only during big holidays. Back to the studio, Junfeng. Thanks very much for that insight, Dakai, for us in Beijing. Earlier, our reporter Zheng Songwu spoke to movie enthusiasts in southwest China's Sichuan province to gather their opinions on the films that premiered during the Spring Festival. Six films were shown during the week-long Spring Festival holiday from February 10th to 17th, and over 100 million tickets have been sold as of the sixth day of the festival. The box office collection in each of the first three days surpassed 1 billion yuan, which is over 130 million U.S. dollars. The three films with top box office revenue were YOLO, Pegasus 2 and Boonie Bears Time Twist. Viewers spoke highly of these films. I wanted to watch some comedy films with my family during this festival of reunions, but the films went far beyond my expectations. For example, the story in YOLO was so inspiring, so I believe it was a good thing to watch it with my child. I had heard about the film YOLO on my WeChat moment, so I wanted to feel the positive energy the film sends out. I hope it can help me get a good start to the year. Most of the young generation have traveled from Chengdu to their hometowns during the Spring Festival, leaving the theaters in central Chengdu not too busy. Yet the films have drawn viewers of all ages. Young people form the majority of viewers, but the films in this holiday are varied, so they attract viewers of most age groups. Most watch the films with their families. YOLO and Pegasus 2 are the most popular ones because they are comedies. 
We visited another theater in Chengdu. It has a vintage look. The theater boasts of old-style film projectors made in Germany and France, as also old posters. The manager told us that the latest favorites contributed a lot to the revenue. The films of this festive season focus on diverse and relevant topics that resonate with the viewers, such as family values and inspirational stories. So they attract people from all walks of life. There will be another busy period when the younger generation returns to Chengdu after the holiday. Viewers' expectations from films released during the Spring Festival holidays are rising, and the Chinese film industry is developing rapidly. So box office revenue keeps going up as the Spring Festival holiday continues. Zheng Song, CGTN, Chengdu, Sichuan Province. For more insights on Chinese box office and movie market during the New Year holiday, we're joined by Yang Jianfei, director of the Department of Cultural. Industry and Management at Communications University of China. Thank you for joining us,、uh, Mr. Yang. What's the significance of the high Chinese movie box office during the festival, making、uh, reaching one billion U.S. dollars in eight days?、Uh, in terms of viewer satisfaction, domestic film screened during the week-long holiday scored the second. Highest on record. It's really a good achievement for the film industry.、Uh, to a large extent, we can say the Chinese consumer market was booming、uh, from the、uh, this industry. I think there are several reasons for the second highest on record, including、uh, Chinese、uh, storytelling style,、uh, virtual characteristics, and the technical accumulations、uh, to make this good score. Uh, you know, firstly,、uh, with the technology,、uh, the film creates more immersive environment to watch.、Mm. There are very good、uh, virtual effects in the uh, uh, cinemas. Uh, secondly, you know, the storytelling of this holiday,、uh, you can see the film is very in,、uh, innovative and quite easy to draw audience attention there. The content is quite interesting. Uh, for example, I have been to watch the film *Bonin Abyss*. You can see there are so many、uh, laughters and screams、uh, in the cinema.、Mm. So I think the third one is about the publicity.、Uh, there are dramatic publicities and communications in the internet, especially some short video、uh, in Douyin really attract to、uh, many audience to、uh, go to the cinema. So I think、uh, this is the very important for the、uh, film consumptions,、uh, which is a、uh, booming uh, one uh, more and more days. And in the next, I think this、uh, film consumption is expected to continue to grow after the holiday because people who were busy traveling during the spring festival will get an opportunity to watch films when they go back home. Yeah, Mr. Yang, you're focusing on China's、uh, cultural industry management, and culture is what New Year is really about. So, what cultural consumption sectors are the most important ones for Chinese people during the holiday?、Uh, actually, this spring、uh, festival is very busy for most people to going around uh, around the, the country.、Uh, someone go out、uh, to for the cultural tourism in the other side of the world. I think culture、uh, tourism is most important uh, consumption uh, sector, including food, accommodation, transportation,、uh, travel tickets, shopping, and entertainment.、Mm. For example, I have been to Harbin、uh, Ice、oh. at Snow World, 
and a great town more in Xi'an. It's so amazing and successful. A very good business models to make money by wonderful uh, cultural productions. Uh, I think there are two parts we should pay more attention to promote the consumption. One is about the production itself. I mean, the flow experiments the production created. Mm. Uh, you know, the flow experiments can create a very impressive environment for consumers to watch, to listen, and to feel the culture and the historical thing there. Mm -hmm. People will feel relaxed when they are experienced kind of the live shows, three uh, street performance, and some historical sites. Uh, the other part is about the shopping, you know, uh, which is very important for many travelers uh, as well as accommodations. So they have a big demand to eat or buy some food or uh, some uh, souvenirs uh, with the local characteristics. So, you know, a good market environment is significant for the shopping development in the tourism destinations. So during the Spring Festival, we can see a lot of uh, travelers go to the tourism destination, they feel, they watch, and they buy. Right, you mentioned uh, travel and cultural consumption and shopping. What other areas do you believe have the potential for more increased consumption growth, maybe for next year? Uh, in my opinion, I think winter sports uh, have much potentials to be a hot sport. Uh, hotspot for uh, consumption next year. Mm. You know, with the effect of the Winter Olympics in Beijing 2020 mm. and the new hot destinations in Harbin, more and more people will try or have the feeling to try to some uh, experience this kind of new sports and entertainment in mm. ice and snow. Mm. And the other one, I think the right revolutionary tourism is still another tendency for the next consumption mm. uh, in the coming year uh, with proper industrialization of creative explorations. We can expect more about this kind of two, two uh, industries. Thank you. Winter sports. Okay, I get the point. Very, thank you very much. That's um, Mr. Yang Jianfei, Director of the Department of Cultural Industry Management at Communications University of China. Hey guys, this is Gao Junya, host of Climate Watch. Hello guys, I'm your host Tian Lu with the headline news. For the year of the Chinese dragon, I would like to wish you Long Wu Jiu Tian, Hao Yun Lian Lian. May you have the power of the mighty and auspicious dragon in achieving your dreams and aspirations. I would like to wish you a journey filled with joy, success, and a soaring spirit of Long Teng Si Hai. May your path be illuminated by the dragon's courage and mighty strength. I wish you an abundance of good fortune and joy in the Chinese New Year. Hey guys, this is Tian Yu with the Beijing Hour. May your year of the Chinese dragon be blessed with health, wealth, and happiness. Cheers to a fantastic year ahead. 祝大家龙年大吉, Ecuador has become the fourth Latin American country to ratify a free trade pact with China. Ecuadorian President Daniel Nooba signed an executive order ratifying the agreement on Thursday. The deal with China hopes to boost bilateral trade and Ecuador's economy. Our correspondent Nicolas Suarez reports. With 76 votes in favor, 23 against, and 35 abstentions, Ecuador's National Assembly ratified a free trade agreement with China, signaling a new era in economic cooperation. 
We have the potential to create more than 50,000 jobs with a growth of more than 32% in our exportable supply. China has become Ecuador's second largest trading partner. According to Ecuador's central bank, between January and November 2023, trade between the two countries amounted to more than $10 billion. Under the trade agreement, tariffs will eventually be eliminated on nearly all of Ecuador's exports to China. This is the fourth deal signed by the Asian giant in Latin America after Peru, Chile and Costa Rica, reflecting China's commitment to fostering closer economic ties with the region. Daniele Garda, a former minister, was involved in the free trade negotiations. The free trade agreement is a main milestone in the bilateral relation, uh, especially in terms of uh, trade and investment and what the future can accomplish with this important tool. According to Ecuador's National Chamber of Aquaculture, Ecuador sold more fish and seafood to China than any other country in 2022. In fact, for every 100 shrimp that China bought that year, 70 came from Ecuador. Jose Antonio Camposano is with the country's National Chamber of Aquaculture. Practically 99% of the national supply will experience a reduction in tariffs in a very short time. The trade agreement also builds spaces for the exchange of technical information. A large part of the investments that are permanently made in the country are intended to adapt our industry to serve the largest market in the world, which is China. Officials say the trade deal will lead to diversification of other exports to China, including agriculture. If the country manages to do good foreign trade, a very broad panorama opens up. Even the quinoa produced by Ecuador would fall short. The possibilities will increase as long as the government promotes the planting of quinoa at rational prices for the exporter and teaches all people how to export, not just the companies that currently do. As Ecuador enters this new economic chapter with China, strategic planning will be key to ensuring sustainable growth. Nicolás Suárez, CGTN, Quito, Ecuador. Under the free trade agreement, 90% of goods traded between China and Ecuador will be eligible for tariff exemptions, with 60% of tariffs to be immediately eliminated. Let's take a look at the main categories. Ecuador's agricultural products will be the primary beneficiaries of this free trade agreement when exported to China. Items such as bananas, white shrimp and fish, which previously incurred tariffs ranging from 5 to 20% upon entry into China, will now be duty-free. Conversely, China's exports of plastic goods, chemical fibers, machinery and other products to Ecuador will gradually see their tariffs of 5 to 40% phased out. For more discussions about China-Ecuador economic relations, let's bring John Gong, a professor from the University of International Business and Economics, joining us. Professor Gong, uh, what's the significance of the increasing close trade between China and Latin America, with Ecuador being the fourth Latin American country to sign free trade agreement with China? Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. Um, you know, China-Latin America trade has been booming over the years. You know, China's uh, investment also follow-ups with that pattern. And I think um, Ecuador, as you reported, is the fourth or fifth country that has signed free trade agreement with China now. I think, the you know, it's actually signed last year. It took some, took some time for the uh, uh, Ecuadorian parliament to pass this bill, you know, even though it was passed, you know, 
with a pretty slim margin, but nevertheless, it was indeed passed, which is very good for us. I think um, I think the benefits accrued a lot to the Ecuadorian side. We are actually buying a lot of agricultural products, especially uh, shrimp and fish. I guess I've eaten my fair share of Ecuadorian shrimp over the years. <laughs> uh, I would expect that the, the, the shrimp prices will probably drop yeah. in the next few years. Yeah. Um, anyway, it, it's, it's always good that uh, you know trade uh, will uh, increase as a result of reduced tariffs, and that creates jobs in both countries, I think mostly for the Ecuadorian economy. What are the prevailing <clears throat> global attitudes towards free trade now, particularly in terms of emphasis on free trade, unilateralism, or maybe some regional free trade? Yeah, I, I, I think there's a, a clear trend towards uh, bilateral as well as regional trade agreements mm. away from sort of the broader and general uh, WTO uh, framework because mm. you know things move very slowly and very difficultly uh, at WTO. Mm. So uh, there's a trend towards uh, you know signing these kind of uh, bilateral trade agreements. And I also want to point out that this is just this is actually more than just a trade agreement. It also has provisions regarding investment sides as well. Uh, for example, regarding um, the mining industry, Chinese investment in the mining industry, uh, and other uh, you know, investment areas. So I think this is a, a very good example of how China can um, sign a free trade agreement with a small and medium-sized economy that generates benefits for both sides. Um, and, and as a result, um, I have seen reports that uh, this pact is expected to increase trade by, you know, three, four billion dollars on top of between 10 to 12 billion dollars of trade currently right now. So that's that's a pretty significant increase and amounting to about, you know, 25 to 30 percent of increase as a result. Okay. Professor, let's talk about the overall status of Latin America because we've been hearing uh, news about Argentina artificially depreciating its currency by 50%. But is Argentina a special case or is the whole region facing some kind of uh, economic challenges? Well, I think what's happening in Argentina is a very radical kind of even revolutionized kind of a um, quote reform um, is is actually um, you know not just having an impact in the in Argentina itself it also has some spillover effect as well across the uh, uh, southern uh, American uh, region um, certainly the IMF is not so sanguine about what's happening in Argentina mm. it's actually uh, downgraded its uh, economic forecast for 2024 for the region um, I think to something less than two percent mm. I think it's one point nine percent if I remember this correctly, and Ecuador in particular is actually even less than that. It's about half of the 1.9% uh, um, growth of projection for, for this region. Um, so, so, you know, I think overall Ecuadorian economy is actually not that good in my view at this point, but oh. uh, hopefully this uh, free trade agreement will contribute to some economic growth in that country. Thank you for your insight. That's Professor John Gong from UIMBE. Data from U.S. Commerce Department indicates that retail sales in January fell by eight-tenths of percent. That's more than market expectations. The significant decline was primarily due to the lingering impact of high holiday season sales in December and the influence of extreme cold weather. Karina Mitchell has more details. 
Yeah, well, everyone waiting to see if the U.S. consumer is starting to slow down because they are the engine of economic growth in this country. So the Commerce Department delivering disappointing numbers. There was a drop of eight-tenths of one percent in January retail sales. We were expecting a decline, but uh, expecting that to be much smaller, coming in at two-tenths of one percent. So this was much worse than expected. But you do have to take these January retail sales numbers with a pinch of salt. There's always so much volatility in retail sales numbers. They're always being adjusted. But there is a big seasonal adjustment that happens in January as well because you're coming off record hiring in December, record spending as well. So, you know, disappointing more than we would have expected. But also a note on the numbers is that there is a consumer reset. So why did that happen? Well, part of the reason was out of consumers control. It was because of the weather. That was a big part of why we saw declines because we saw frigid cold temperatures across much of the country in January. That kept people at home. There was record flooding and heavy rain as well. So a lot of people just sidelined. And we saw that with workers as well in the jobs report. The other part of this is that there was really robust spending in December. It was uh, retail sales were up by four tenths of a percent. So people did open up their wallets. So they're just giving their wallets a little bit of a break, their credit cards a little bit of a break as well. However, there were declines in several areas. They were broad-based, and the biggest declines came in building materials. They were down by 4.1 percent, and then miscellaneous stores saw a drop of 3 percent. Gas station sales also dropped by 1.7 percent. That wasn't wholly unexpected because we did see a dip in gasoline prices. Online sales contracted by eight-tenths of a percent as well. However, sales at restaurants and bars did climb. That edged up by seven-tenths of one percent. According to a report from Bank of America, overall spending on cards saw a decline of two-tenths of one percent compared to a year ago. So as I say, we are seeing a reset of the consumer. But is it a deceleration? You can't read that into what we got in today's results. It's not enough data. It's just one data point. As I said, it's very volatile. And the truth of the matter is the economy has gotten off to a strong start in 2024. Average hourly wages are up. We saw unemployment numbers dip. And inflation is edging lower. And U.S. stock markets are hitting record highs. So there is a lot of positive momentum going into all of the start of 2024. But the key takeaway from this report is don't overreact to it, but wait and watch to see if it is the start of a slowing of the consumer. Karina Mitchell, CGTN, New York. The company responsible for ChatGPT has announced the development of a new groundbreaking product. OpenAI is currently working on Sora, a software capable of producing minute-long videos based on text prompts and animating still images. The Microsoft-backed company is also in the process of creating tools to verify whether a video has been generated by Sora. The software is currently available for red teaming, which tests the system's security. It's also open to visual artists, designers and filmmakers for feedback. As we conclude this edition of Global Business, I'm Zhu Jufeng in Beijing. 